0: Hey listeners, just a heads up that in this week's episode we are discussing the 1999 film American Beauty, and as the movie contains some scenes of sexual predation involving minors and domestic abuse, we do touch on these topics in our conversation. As always, we strive to engage with these matters carefully and considerately, but if this content makes you uncomfortable, then you might want to give this episode a skip. Thanks for listening.
1: Greetings, pals. Hi, pals. G'day, pals. Afternoon, all. Welcome
0: to the podcast, Throwing the Pow. Um, who wants to do the spiel today? Tom did a great one oh, last week. Do you know week. what,
2: Chris? Let's do it. Go on, Christopher. Go. Oh.
1: So thanks for joining us today, guys. We're uh, wrapping it up early. Um, <laughs> it's all the time have, we have. I have a prior commitment. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. uh, This is Throwing the Pow. Um, where we come into the room theoretically one person loves the film theoretically mm-hmm. one person hates it and the little two in the middle play a little tug of war with them trying to convince them ooh, to a well, gentle maybe, tug. theoretically ooh, hello friendly a tug theoretically tug. a gentle a tug between pals is uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a is you a you tug never well forget. spent <laughs> 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 That was
0: a
3: good intro yeah, yeah and like we rate that. the films that we talk about out of 11 11 why because is that tom, tom? Uh, oh, I had something for this. <laughs> 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 you meant to. I meant to have. <laughs> no, I genuinely did. I was like, oh, that'll be a good one for that. Um, yep. we'll should we put it in on, post? Should we come back? You come back. I'll yell it out, <laughs> totally out of context when I remember it.
2: Today we're talking about American Beauty. Why are we talking about it? Nineteen ninety nine. My favorite film of all time. Wow, it's my. Oh, you come. Okay. No, no, no. That's What's it. your number? What's sorry. your number? Oh, sorry. Wow. Well, you said it. I didn't mean to do that so early. This is my favorite <laughs> film of what all he time. Says? This is American Beauty. Uh, I'm giving
3: this a 10 out of 11. 10. Ten. Ten. For wow. your favorite film of all time.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's not even 11. Yep.
3: What
0: constitutes an 11 if this is a 10? <laughs>
1: you, you laugh while you want, Wait, mind. But that's the
0: same as The Batman for you.
1: Yeah, that is.
2: Yeah. Yep. I'm. But, I'm gonna, bef- at least. Because Okay. 10.1. I don't have any profound statement on why this is my favourite film of all time. Um, It's uh, all I can tell you is that it's a feeling that it gives me every time I watch it. I get like giddy. I turn it on and I go, cool, I know I'm coming in for, I'm going to enjoy this every single minute of it. And I do without fail. And I love quoting it. I love talking about it. It's a great film overall. That's it. So yeah, like on paper, I should score it out of eleven. Eleven out of eleven.
3: <laughs> you so go, no, you just talked yourself into throwing in the power <laughs> no, to an eleven. No, no, no. <laughs> Throw in the power. <laughs> oh, I I take think that back. And like we said, wrap it early. Do. Wrap it up early. That's <laughs> been a great show.
2: It's a ten out of eleven. It's a great film.
3: Okay. Um, I remembered the bit for why it's eleven. Okay if you want it. Well, yeah. Which is that 11 is also the number of people that haven't heard the news about Kevin Spacey yet for which we're about to ruin <laughs> <laughs> their lives. So oh, that's, go, all no. that's all I had.
0: You couldn't get something fun like we'll go, No. No.
3: We'll go we'll go early with it. Um this is a film starring Kevin Spacey whom in the last uh 5 or 6 years has been accused of all manner of sexual assault and uh misdeeds. He's not been found guilty of anything and all these things are allegations but he of course has been dropped from any films and basically celebrity him them. And, uh, of course, we sympathise with all the people that he's allegedly hurt and mistreated. And we want to talk about this film without really having to get into any of that because it's very murky and messy. But we will just say that off the top.
1: That was nicely done, Tom. Thank you. Well, Do you know Tom. what he was what accused of? Go. Being best actor and, and found guilty. Mm. found guilty. Oh, guilty. <laughs> guilty. He Oscar winning uh, eight
2: Eight nominations? Eight wins, sorry. This film? Eight Oscars. Can you name them? Oh, you're gonna do that to me? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't
0: think eight's correct. I think eight's too many. I think eight might be three too many. So if you could do the math, Marcus, interesting.
2: Eight. Best
0: picture. Mm-hmm. I think
2: it and something else in the '90s were the only two that weren't a period piece. That one. Oh, you mean was nominated for eight? Okay, nominated. Was it nominated? At eight? It was. Okay, and a one five. Yeah, cool. Good to know. Okay, best picture, on. best actor, mm-hmm. uh, best. I'm gonna say best supporting actor,
0: no, best no. soundtrack.
3: There's no. no soundtrack award. That's the Grammys. This is a weird start. Sorry, <laughs> but keep going. I really want to know. Composure, like a composer, best best, best, composer. best score nominated <laughs> for original score. Didn't, it was that was Thomas Newman. Uh, I don't know the other two. Which is Randy Newman's nephew? Is it? Yes, and he does a lot of the yeah. other. <laughs> he does a lot of the Pixar movies um, as well. I think. Yeah, he, he did, did Toy Story. You've right. got
1: <laughs> a friend that's hot. <laughs> You got a friend that's (laughs) hot.
3: It's an 11 now. (laughs) Jesus.
1: It's an 11 out of 11.
0: Okay, but let's go back quickly because we need to talk about American Beauty. Who hasn't seen it and do you need a synopsis?
3: I think throw in a synopsis real quick. A sexually
0: frustrated suburban father has a midlife crisis after becoming infatuated with his daughter's best friend, hence the song You Got a Friend That's Hot. So,
3: Well played, Chris.
1: Oh, Thank you. That's it. That's my entire contribution for this episode. And the little catchphrase <laughs> in film make is it
3: into the movie somehow. I don't know why they yeah. rejected it. It was, Randy- it was
1: one of the bonus features on the DVD. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Randy liked it. That's why he used it for Toy Story. <laughs> he goes, that's good, but I'm going to change it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the catchphrase is "Look closer." Is that right? Mm-hmm. Look closer, that which is scattered right. throughout the movie. Obviously, it it's like, "Hey, suburban life might look great. The roses are pretty, mm-hmm. but the re- the
2: weeds are rotten at the stem. Oh, is the thorny, 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 thorny stem? Wild thornberry. Yeah, at the root of at it, the stem. Which is a heavy, obviously, um, symbolism used throughout there's the film with l- roses and, and the color red, especially. Great. Yeah,
3: there's a lot of that. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Marcus has given it a ten. Does anyone have a negative score? I. Don't have a negative score. I liked it
0: and I've liked it for i I watched it when I was like twenty and I did I was like I liked it because it was cool to like and then I came back and I watched it you know a couple of weeks ago for this and I was like I'm gonna hate it. I just feel like it's it was overhyped it was like the cool film to like at the time it's it's pretty good. It's a pretty good film. I'm gonna go
3: s- I think that's seven point
0: five. <laughs> Okay. Took me a while to get there. But yeah,
2: just a general old
0: 7.5.
1: Okay.
2: Anyone else? No, I want to know. (laughs) Like I'm feeling like no one in the room hated it. Unless, I mean, speak up now.
3: I didn't hate it. But? My estimation of it has dropped precipitously from when I was younger. Cool. And I saw it many times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe even at your behest. It may have been one of those movies when we were younger that you were like, had seen, and, and I'm like you know, four years younger than you. Oh, my behest. Your behest. What did you think I said? My best. Just at my best. Uh, oh, no, no. I you, were <laughs> you were at your best. You were at your behest back then. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I, so Marcus has peaked just like this Marcus film. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Peaked. In grade 10, Marcus was doing Marcus really well. Um, Continue. I think I'd now give this movie like a six. <laughs> Oh, which is to me a little upset not halfway, it. it's over halfway, <laughs> but not much above halfway. I might even like, and please don't play the sound again, but like maybe like a 6.2. A <laughs> <laughs> I saw you reaching. Yeah, i will give it like a 6.2 and I have a lot of reasons for that if you yeah, cool. can imagine. But what do you think? We've, really start, we've leaned
0: into the last couple of weeks, leaned into the point something.
3: Yeah. I just like want to cool. say that or something. I don't mind it.
1: I hate it. I what? Know. I hate that point. Oh! Of- oh. <laughs> <The weather>? Wow! <laughs> oh. Wow! But the movie fell off my No, seriously. Um, I don't think I'd ever seen this film before. I what? think I'd seen bits of it, okay. and and so sitting down to watch this, um, it was a fun watch. I found myself laughing out loud at yes. bits, and I'm like, how how the fuck am I laughing out loud at this? This isn't a comedy. <laughs> no, but no. it's so funny. Great. Um, yeah. So I'd I'd have to give it like, I don't know, like an eight. Yeah. That's your highest. It could be. That's Chris's highest. I think he gave cats a 10. I don't know if you guys remember. (laughs) Am I I I the only one who remembers the cats episode? Let's replay the episode. Uh, Uh, (laughs) We'll start right
3: now. Um, (laughs) I will say I do think this is marketed and and presented as a black comedy. Like I think it is kind of there as like a satire as well. Like I would agree it's more of a drama. It was written for like stage too. Yeah, Alan, Alan, Alan Ball, Alan Ball. Uh, mm. who, who wrote it and then went on to make Six Feet Under, went on to make True Blood. Um, Which, how? Well, I get <laughs> like, it because he's a, he's a gay man who sort of like when he wrote this was trying to insert some at least queer ideas into like, modern American cinema and you know even in 99 the idea you know they've got that introduction where he's like that's Jim and that's his lover Jim and that would have been a laugh line in 99 and a moment where people like oh okay there are gay people in this movie which is just nothing now nowadays Mm. like um and then Six Feet Under has a lot more sort of queer characters and then True Blood is arguably what it is (laughs) the gayest show ever made (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for better and for worse. I think it's not a great show, but it's very fun. Among other things. I've not seen it, but I... It's very sexually liberated. Charged. Yes, and charged. Um, And he, I think Alan Ball is a very interesting writer. I have... My ideas about him as a writer is that he works better in a long form than a, than a movie. I don't think his ideas and his style are best suited to a two-hour format.
2: Which kind of explains written for stage.
3: That's it. Yeah. And also Six Feet Under, which I think is a really good show. Yeah. And I think he gets a lot of his ideas. He gets to sort of unpack them through a five-season run as opposed mm. to you know 120 minutes. Um, but yeah, Marcus, I don't want to put you on the back foot, but you're probably going to spend a lot of this episode telling us what's we, for listeners, if you listen to the everything and everywhere all at once, I spent a lot of time talking about why I think that movie's amazing. Um, and yeah, I think we'll probably have to cede the floor to you for a lot of, this.
2: no, not really. I don't want to, um, take the front here. I just like, I love, I love, uh, that this asks the question, you know, what do you do if you achieve the American dream? What then? You know, like the American dream being such a driving force with um, family households in America, especially in the 90s as well. Mm. And, and they um, depicted family life in America as um, seventh heaven almost in terms of just
0: yeah. happily, married, happily married, good jobs, yep. wonderful house, beautiful roses, white picker fence, all that stuff, 100%. which they have in this film. Like literally the first scene is. They have, yeah. Notice they, how her um, pruning gloves match the stem <laughs> of the roses. That's not an accident. That's not an
2: accident. And then they rip the rug out from underneath you, and you, you see everything for what it really is. And that's you know, <clears throat> again, the symbolism of the roses and and the look thorny stand and look closelier, mm, closely.
3: <laughs> <Did laughs> I Somehow I they didn't go with that. <laughs> yeah. Why? Look closer. Have you looked closer? No, well, look oh, closer. closer. go <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: The fake facade that each of them put up, as well, you know, to obviously hide how they're truly feeling, is is great. Mm. Um, both personally and professionally, you know, you see them in their their work life and their home life and um, it's just great to see it unravel as the film goes on. Mm. It's just what I love so much about Lester where you, you really on paper shouldn't feel the way you do for him. In terms Kevin of, Spacey as Lester. Kevin, sorry, Kevin Spacey as Lester Burnham. Um, you shouldn't empathise and sympathise with him as the film goes on but I continue to do so. Um it's it just similar to Walter White in Breaking Bad. Like yeah, he is the, the protagonist victim of his but circumstance. he's not a great
0: person No, and a lot of his actions are very questionable but you still find yourself rooting for him in the way that the writing has formed him and the director. You you go, yeah, but he's better than
2: his wife. Like yeah. I guess you sort of pair them against each other and you go, yeah. Which again, very topical because I'm watching um, at Thomas's behest, uh, The Sopranos. Um, sure. So Tony Soprano. <laughs> For the same reasons, you know, he's not someone that you should really sympathize or empathize with, but. Mm.
3: Sure. Which started right in the same year. This is 99, and Sopranos started in 99, and Breaking Bad. Which I think
2: uh, Annette Benning ends up being in the Sopranos. She's in the Sopranos as herself in a dream (laughs) sequence,
3: which is a very funny use of her. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting you guys bring up the comparison to Breaking Bad and Sopranos because I would agree that at least. And this is in no way, obviously, to excuse Lester's feelings and behavior in this movie, which are wrong. And we all, I would categorically go, not being attracted to a 16-year-old girl and then, like, almost trying to facilitate that is awful and bad. Mm -hmm. I will agree with you guys that there are movies and TV shows out there where people murder people and commit awful acts that whether or not we're putting things on a benchmark of, well, what's better or what's worse that things do exist where people watch antiheroes do shitty things yeah, and that we are invited to sympathise with them to our own discomfort and whatnot. But I think the best reason that it's a good comparison to Breaking Bad is because when I watched this when I was a younger man, which I watched many times as a teenager um, and felt a lot of profundity in it at that age, I did sympathise more with Lester and I thought Annette Bening, Carolyn is her, the, mm. uh, the yeah. character's name, I thought she was awful. And I, I oh, in terms of performance? No, no, no. It's in like as a person. Yeah, and sure. I was like, God, Couldn't she's the more. worst. <clears throat> Wouldn't you do the same thing?
2: She's villain. Uh, is it
3: villainized? Is that a word? She's she's uh, yeah, certainly. Or in the same way that um, what's her name in Breaking Bad oh, is Skylar. Oh, is God is God. she's vilified. Vilified. She's vilified. At her behest, she is vilified. I like villainized. At the best, she's a villain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that what you're <laughs> saying? I think now that I'm. Looking back on Breaking Bad and I look back on this, I sympathise much more with Skylar White in Breaking Bad than I used to and I sympathise much more with Carolyn Burnham than I used to. I think that I, she has... I'd agree
2: with Skylar, although I still... Ugh. Yeah. Um, but why? Sorry. With Carolyn. Because yeah.
3: I think that ultimately at the end of the day, the worst thing she's done is become a little uptight and superficial And he's like, well, I'm going to fuck a teenager. (laughs) I'm like, well, I think I'm on her side. (laughs) (laughs) Which which one acted on their impulses? That's true, but which one right up until the last moment? And it could have gone either way. And he's very nakedly... Like salivating over this teenage girl in every scene, he's like, "Hi, what's your name? Your name, Angela? Yeah. Do you want to ride? I've got a car. Am I, 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 You want to hang out? And like his daughter picks up on it, mm. so everyone's like, and she wakes up and he's jacking off in the middle of the night, which, as I mean, that's arguably, I think all <laughs> that's fun-
0: what we call that the Tom.
3: That's we Look call at that me, the Tom jerking special. off in the shower. That's a yeah, it's the the highlight, highlight of my day. day. There's a there's a funniness and an edge to that scene that I also go like, in reality, that is a really confronting sort of like it's, what it's really you? sad like obviously I mean, you're just jacking off next to me in the middle of the night like yeah
0: she would be a very sad for the last 20 years of their marriage you can imagine that she was just depressed and all she can do to get by is take care of her roses and her
3: house and her public image and try and be a rich because yes. her
0: husband is vacant 100%. and useless and that's
3: it and he's like why did i become this way why was i made to be this way and you're like she it's probably not a picnic for her either like yeah. this doesn't seem I'm like so a she's, not she's not having a great time." Now, true. ultimately. I sympathize the most. And this is backwards to what almost always happens with movies and TVs I go back to. But I sympathize in this one more with the kids. And almost always when I go back and watch things and I get older, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I sympathize with the parents more because I'm getting older. I've always, oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, well, all I was going to say is I used to be like, yep, Lester's kind of the morally ambiguous hero of this film, but Mm -hmm. I I see Mm -hmm. his perspective. And watching this now, I'm fully in on the daughter's perspective, who's just oh. like, fuck, my parents suck and my dad's gross and weird and Jesus Christ. Like, I used to think she was so whiny and spoiled yeah. when I was younger. And, and now I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> she's got a really shitty run of it. I, yeah.
2: I I always thought the neighbor's story was actually more interesting in terms of family um, turmoil and stuff. Alice struggle. and Jenny, Chris Cooper.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So the.
2: Um, and Wes Bentley. A sergeant that lives next door. They've moved in very recently, and it's just a it's a cold, dead house. Yes. Um,
0: and what's Alison Janny's like? What's happened that she's, she like yeah, doesn't well, respond years to years things?
2: Of abuse and hmm. oh and, um, the fits. She's just a the shell fits. of a human. Fitzes. The Fitz household, Fitzes. yeah. And she's great in that. And I think it was a directorial choice to say say less. Mm. I think they use oh. silence with them and in that household, especially, as a very powerful device. Awesome. Um because there's one scene oof, where there's one tension. scene
0: where um Allison Jane and Janie, Chris Cooper, the parents, the Fitz parents, are sitting on the couch mm. and they're watching some old war movie and Chris Cooper's laughing up at how, like having a great time and Allison Jane is sitting there like, dead, vacant, deadpan. Yeah. The son comes in, Wes Bentley comes in, and the dad stops laughing, crosses his arms, and just sits there silently. And it's like yeah. The the man can't show joy, the man can't laugh in front of his son. No. Like all this the, the toxic masculinity. But why can he show that
2: in front of his wife? Well, because well she's
0: subservient and catatonic. Yes. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Like she's, yeah. she's not even there. She's part of the family. He doesn't care that she's there. Yeah. Because she's nothing to him. Sure. It's but yeah. That, the way that that's demonstrated, the mm. way that their family unit is portrayed is horrifying to see because it's so just Absolutely. raw and like naked. Like there's no there's no dialogue to fluff around it. It's just like you just see it and it's miserable. And the way they That's cross
2: it. worlds as well, they tie in the families and, and how they interact with one another. It's excellent. There's mm. a
3: real yes, iceberg uh, logic to that sort of family which I think is very effective, which is we just see the ten percent of what's going on with mm. Alice and Janny and it is quietly one of the most heartbreaking things. I think Chris Cooper's really good in this movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. In a role that, like, especially today, reads as a little trite, like, oh, the biggest homophobe is actually gay himself. And I'm like, that actual plot point makes me roll my eyes a little bit. But I think he carries... Yes, and I agree that in 99, 99, there's a lot of things in this movie that you've got to go. And I still think you can say if something needs that lens attached to it, it hasn't necessarily aged that well. But even so... In, yes, I agree. In '99, it's like wow, this was pretty revolutionary. A mm. lot of these things—the the open talk of masturbation, the idea of a man being in love with or being so attracted to a 16-year-old girl, mm. and mm. the fact that these kids would be smoking weed and you know all this sort of stuff—like yeah, it very- wasn't unheard of in art, but in major motion picture, like a DreamWorks-produced movie. Yeah,
1: the people that brought you Shrek exactly (laughs) American Beauty there are two
3: bits of commentary from Kath who walked in and out of the room while I was watching this today and the first is she walked in and saw the DreamWorks thing and went Shrek and I was like you are about to be bummed out so disappointed and then she walked in uh, and saw the bit where uh, Ricky Fitz is showing the plastic bag footage Oh, the most like
0: (laughs) parodied scene in cinema and she
3: started just quietly singing to herself do you ever feel like a plastic bag? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. She does have a wonderful voice. Um, yes. So I, she didn't um, walk
1: into the room with, somebody! <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: she does that every time. Yeah. Um, I It's the the fact that you mentioned that, Frank, I think is worth talking about very briefly, which is I was prepared to like wobble my existence, just kind of like disapparate in having to watch that scene and be like, I can't believe how much this is going to make me roll my eyes. I can't believe how much I'm not going to be able to take this seriously because of not another teen movie. But also just like Family Guy, so many parodies of that thing. And the actual footage of the plastic bag does make me go... And then the close up to Wes Bentley when he's talking about it, and I'm right. like, he kind of sells it. It's, doesn't he? He's very good in that sense. He's exceptional in yes. this film. And he's an actor that's been around for so
0: long and it's sort of, not that he disappears, but he's in Hunger Games and yeah. he's got that ridiculous beard. He had
3: some but he's uh, had substance it. abuse issues and he's kind of been all right. He was recently on the Mark Maron podcast oh, talking about it and had, had some really We should really, invite it. him here. It would be nice. We are right next door to Mark Maron. I would love that. Keep <laughs> it down, Mark! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, Wes Bentley looks like a forty year old man. Uh, uh, he's one he, of the most distracting things to me. I do not think he looks like a teenager. Really, he looks, he looks like, like Adam Scott. He, you see that? Does, he does, but either way, he does not look like a teenager. He teenage looks very boy. mature. He looks like yeah, yeah. an android. But I think man. that works sure. for
0: him because he's such a mature character. <laughs> android, he's yes. that
3: weird energy of like he doesn't care
0: what the other kids at school think. He's like running his business as a weed dealer. Mm-hmm. He's doing it very professionally. Like he's doing all his taxes. He's sure. you know he's got excellent quality product, all that sort of stuff. I'm, I don't know. Good business I, model, I guess. Personally, Proud I think him.
2: as an up and coming <laughs> actor, when I was younger and wanting, deciding that I wanted to be an actor and, and mm-hmm. pursuing that, this to me was like a masterclass in acting. Yes, the majority of it. And I think as an ensemble cast, everyone's very strong. Well, should we quickly just go into MVP then?
1: Oh, I think that's a good idea. It's a hmm, spacey.
2: Yeah, like indiscretions Act. and accusations aside,
0: art versus
1: the artist. Uh, yeah.
2: Space is very hard to. Um, fault in a lot of his work because he's very good at what he does the guy does sarcasm too better than any other actor I can oh, probably name oh he's so
0: dry in this man he's
2: so dry the voiceover is
0: just like <laughs> look at me jacking off <laughs> in the shower like it's just the driest monologue you've ever heard yes and he's, that was I think again for the time you hadn't really heard that dry oh don't worry of... I
3: wouldn't
2: remember me either
0: yeah <laughs>
3: he does the shit eating grin <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. false faux happy as well very well which there are a couple of ones I'd forgotten in this movie and uh, do you have a minute for you, Brad? I got five. <laughs> oh God, it's five. like yeah, <laughs> he's got a couple of really good moments yeah. where he does that. He's I sad.
2: love films that do that use clever shots as well. Like when he's sitting in front of his computer screen and you see like the coding on his screen, it's like, you know, mirrors um like it's like, jail like, a, bars. Pr- it's like a prison, yeah. Yeah, like little things like that, which is nice. And this whole film is about him discovering and finding his freedom in whatever it is that he does. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the right way, but there it is.
3: I once said um when we were talking about Coda, if I was ever going to teach a film class that I would show Coda and go, your challenge is to pick a sequence in this movie and film it better because this is a very pedestrianly filmed. And all respect to Sean Hayter, who I'm sure will do a lot of great things, but I do think that filming of that movie was very pedestrian, very basic. Whereas I would show this movie and say every moment in this film, whether you think it's necessary or not, and sometimes I think it's heavy handed and sometimes I think it's well done, is meaningful and there's a decision behind each shot and I want you to identify what that decision mm. is. And I think there's there's some that are quite remarkable and Conrad mm. L. Hall is the cinematographer and I think he does a very good job. And I think there are some that are very heavy and it's the reason I would show it because I think 17, 18, 19-year-olds would be able to go, oh, I get what that shot means now. Yeah. For instance, when he goes into Brad's office... And it's a, it's like sort of a mid shot of Brad that's shot from a low angle, and he's this domineering figure. And it yeah. cuts to Kevin Spacey, and it's a wide shot, and there's nothing around him, yeah. and he's just, and it's like, oh, he's an inferior person with no power, yeah. like you know, yeah. which yeah. is very easy. And I think, and yes, we've mentioned the use of red and the symbolism of red everywhere, and the roses, and you can have a field day talking about what that means. Yeah, I know Literally. there are parts of that that
0: passion, oh, passion, passion, danger, death, love, yes, it's, everything.
3: And that's it. There's a degree to which I'm like, it's one, very symbolic and on the nose and two, very cluttered. And it's like, I don't know if even Sam Mendes who directed this Actually knew what he was doing all the time, or he was just like, fuck <laughs> it, get some red in there. Like yeah, the Pontiac
2: Firebird has to be sure. red. Just make it red. And then
3: it's he doubles down and he goes, the Pontiac Firebird's red, and then he buys an elect a remote control car and that's red. Also and I'm red. like, okay, yeah. l- let's calm down.
0: Like not everything yeah. has to be red. In my imagination of the story, he got the remote control car for free for buying the Pontiac Firebird. That's a little I like think it was the other way around. <laughs> we'll throw
1: it. <laughs> free Firebird. <laughs> it's a for very, $20, one very time expensive way to
0: purchase. Yeah. It was 99. Those were very Great. Uh Well, my MVP is Annette Benning. I agree. As I was she, I think Annette Benning's amazing. Like you said, as a teenager watching this, I didn't care for her, nor did I care for uh, her character or the performance. As a teenager, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Not Kevin Spacey. That's all you like. You have tunnel vision when you're a young, Mm. dumb man. And she, that one scene where she's, um, she's showing showing the house. It's like early days. She's showing the house around, and then she closes the blinds after Mm -hmm. the open house and just cries. One take. And then she's like, "Stop it! Stop it! You still silly little girl." Yeah. That's phenomenal. Like you said, one take. Mm. It is fucking incredible.
3: She's very part of my language. I'm so sorry. She makes me laugh more than probably anyone else in this movie, even just... What's your, what's your favourite line from her? Uh, I've got one. I really, I really like, I will sell this house today, because it's become, especially within like, there's a uh, one of the queens in RuPaul's Drag Race years ago, oh. um, Miss Cracker, I think, who like whenever right she name. was trying to G herself up, would go, I will sell this house today. And really? I was just like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, but also I really enjoy uh, her like shit-talking Lester, and so when, yeah. they, when they're like going She's like Lester could you make me any more late Because I don't think I'm late enough And then later when they're having dinner And she's like oh I'm sorry isn't this complaining Is this not complaining Oh oh, then I must be psychotic then Let's get the laugh of here <laughs> And like everything she does in that voice <laughs> Kills me. I think She's Lester, so such, hostility such hostility in you, <laughs> honey. Are you trying to look unattractive? <laughs> like uh, everything she says makes I me I just
2: want to pick
3: your brain. <laughs> Her so drunk
2: good. acting in that scene uh, with eyebrows. Uh, uh, Sandy, Sandy, Sandy Cohen, Peter Peter got Cohen special mention to. Go <laughs> His eyebrows. He is exceptional. He that, has my That
0: eyebrows. ties back. My favourite line from Annette Benning is, fuck me, your majesty. <laughs> oh, fuck me, your <laughs> majesty. <laughs> like, you like getting so fucked funny. by the king? <laughs> that is it's funny,
1: so it's, funny. It's so funny. It's a good say that
3: in real life? It's yeah. a good film. I guess it's, it might be a good film. I think that the performances uniformly are very... good. I think Thora Birch is quite good in it. I was blown yes, away by... As Janie, the daughter. As Janie, the daughter. Mina Savari plays Angela who is the friend, obviously, that uh, Kevin Spacey's character, Lester, becomes very attracted to. And she registered more for me this time. Whereas when I was younger, I went, she's meant to be like the dumb girl who's who's superficial. And it's not necessarily... I do think the movie is doing that and there's only so many layers to that. I think she's bringing a lot more to it than I gave credit for when I was younger. I think she's very locked in to that Mm. role and she's quite sadly funny like a lot of the things she says and like I used to find her dialogue clunky because I was like "Ah, teenagers don't talk that way and then I realized because she's trying to put on like when she's that's talking it. about the it's she's facade. she's Jay from
1: the in-betweeners yeah.
3: sure that's actually an incredibly good analogy she's like the scene where she's talking about the photographer and she's like um, then he just pulled his pants down, you know, say hello to Mr. Happy. And it's like, who talks that way? But it's like, yeah. oh, someone who's never had sex talks that way. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so I, I think she's quite good in this. And her shift.
2: I mean, the girls in general, they're shifting too in the way that they they swap roles. It's a wonderful almost. parallel. like, like there. Yeah. And you can see too the- um, Sliding doors moment for them sort of. And the makeup as well that they wear. You yeah. see there's a shift in that.
0: Um, yeah, Thora Birch starts off with heaps of makeup Yeah And then it sort of swaps Yeah She becomes comfortable like herself That's Uh great. Quick note about Mina Savari In 1999 she did three movies that start with American Oh, what was the other, <laughs> what other was one? was the third one? Well, no, American Beauty, thing. American Pie and American Virgin What's that? I don't know I've never it's, heard of it, it's, it's, also, it no, it's also known as Live Virgin But American Virgin was the original title Okay. Wow. A woman fed up with her father's double standards decides to lose her virginity. Okay, doesn't look that gr- doesn't look great. Is
3: that just American Beauty told from her perspective? Like, is that does what she, that
2: is? Does she just want to lose her virginity in all three films? Is that in American it? Pie? Is
1: that her plot line? That kind of makes whole, sense because at yeah, the end, at the does, towards we, the end of the film, she has the falling out with the daughter. Yeah, she doesn't leave the house. She doesn't go no, home. No. She's still in the house. So you could tie into this other film. You
3: do wonder what is her home life and they only mm. get into it very lightly. But you go, yeah. There are, there are layers around this movie. But <laughs> I find it, here's, here's the reason it's dropped for me is that when I was younger, I think, probably like a lot of people in 99 and in, in the years since, I was like, there's so much taboo stuff in here mm-hmm. and there's so much that you, I didn't think you could put in a movie. I remember having a conversation with my mother. I lied to you, Marcus. You're not the reason I watched this. I was talking to mum when I was about, I know, best. (laughs) When I was 13 and I was just starting to get into movies, I'd seen The Departed and a lot of other films that I was like, oh my God, movies are amazing. And I was like to my mum, well, you know, there's only so much they can put in movies though. Like they're not allowed to put things in there that are illegal. or And she's like, yes, they do. And I was like, what do you mean? They can't do that. And she starts explaining the plot of American Beauty to me. And I swear I just like grabbed the steering wheel and, took us to like Video Channel and made us go to- Video Channel? Like video Channel. Where'd you go? Video, video City? City? Fuck. Video oh. City. It was Star channel, Star channel and Video City. I used to have a these place called
0: them. Leisure Sales and Rentals, Chris, you probably- <laughs> Hey! <laughs> That's because guys got <laughs> Leisure videos? Sales and Rentals means videos. Videos. So and for anyone who doesn't know that, it's like a blockbuster. Yes. These were just our the blockbusters. Spotify.
3: And I we went and rented it and watched it that night at 13. And yes, at 13. And then 13. 14, 15, 16, even getting older, I was like, wow, this is a really- and compelling movie and so taboo. And the older I've gotten, I look at it now. It's been a long time since I've watched it before this morning. I was like, it's kind of boring. There are many stretches in this movie where I was completely unengaged and I found that there, the whole hook of this is a middle-aged man who's been in a coma or a catatonic for the last 20 years and now he's shocked out of it by a young girl well, what does that say about morality? And I'm like, not much. I don't think much interesting okay, to me. Like sure. it doesn't grab me in the way that it used to. And I find <laughs> it more not, I don't think it's offensive. I don't think it's like, you know, upsetting. It's just kind of meh. They're they are, there are right.
2: Made today, this wouldn't have the same impact.
3: Yeah. No, you'd have to up the stakes on almost every level. I think so. I think it, yeah, it, it's kind of, you know, and very little of it which we've done a good job of avoiding it and I'll just bring up for the last time, but very little of it has to do with Spacey's and our reputation and alleged actions. I didn't watch it and go, well, this really is fucked up now because of Kevin Spacey. I just found Mm. it more that there was a degree to which it was asking like, well, how about this man who's in this position and look what's woken him up. Now we agree it's wrong, but isn't it good that he's now... You know, acting like a sensible and and alive, hot-blooded American man again? And I'm like, I don't know.
2: Well, See, I think I I agree with you. Sorry to cut you off, Frank, just real quick. I I agree with you, um, Tom, and this is why I can't give it an 11. mm -hmm. It's because you are right in what you said a lot earlier. Uh, It didn't age very well. Like it's not cutting edge now, you know, but it's ingrained in me as a film Um, and for what it brought to me at the time and what I still – the enjoyment I still get out of it for whatever reason that is. And I think it is just – Good, solid performances all around. And I think good good writing. Like Great writing. Dialogue is yeah. cool. Good and it's missing di- from a lot of projects nowadays, I think. Mm. Well, Having only watery. seen this for the
1: first time recently, I was engaged the whole time. So perhaps it's that multiple viewing exposure. perhaps. Right. Maybe? Yeah.
3: That's I'm, a good point. I'm actually. very willing to acknowledge that because I watched it so much as a younger man and was very taken by the depth behind it and now – It just kind of makes me go, this? Is this what I was like so astounded by? But I have seen it a dozen times, you know, and hadn't seen it for maybe nine years before I saw it today. Um, I've never
2: fully understood Ricky's um, there is beauty in death sort of philosophy either. I think that's another thing that bothered me about the film is like today in normalised society, this guy would be a serial killer, really. If you look at him for... Like,
0: because fi- he films his neighbours and he's, like, he f- obsessed he- with that dead bird. and the
2: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of questionable actions on his behalf too. And you understand contextually that he's obviously got a very strange home life.
0: but That's where I say it would probably come from. Like, he's more than likely been abused by his father for yeah. a long time. We've heard it. He got, like, constantly was getting beaten up as yeah. a kid by his dad. yeah So, of course, he's sort of attracted to mortality, the morbid sort of side of life.
2: They try to justi- uh, justify it by saying... um you know, I spent time in a uh, mental institution. Yeah, they sent him there because he smoked so, weed one time. I think yeah. I,
0: I think his cast character is justifiable. I think that kind of makes sense. Okay. I mm, Okay. That's just my opinion. No, I, no, no. I'm not saying you're wrong either. I, I think just he- Throw in the power. Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> he, you know he, what? I do hate this film. <laughs> Wes Bentley's,
3: Bentley's character reads a lot. Differently now, you actually you make a good point of it's like not even just the serial killer, like the incel creepy kid who's obsessed with the girl next door. And back in 1999, it was like, what if there's more to that guy that meets the eye? And nowadays, we're like, mm, that guy like goes to school and shoots a bunch of people. Like, that's what normally kind happens. Kind of. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's... I agree that that reading of him right. as any sort of generous or good faith stuff is weird. But I do get that there's a degree to which a guy who has grown up around abuse and suffered looks at things he says one of his lines that he has that does stick with me is that there's a benevolent force that told me that there's no reason to be afraid and it's like of course that guy this guy needs to believe that mm. That even when he looks at a dead mm. body there's something gorgeous and beautiful there because his dad might just beat him up one day <laughs> do you remember what he says uh
2: i once saw a, a homeless woman yeah um, froze to death on the side of the road she looked sad yeah and i'm like and no like, shit oh did she
3: it's like i was surprised by that yeah yeah
2: Yeah, she was dead and frozen and homeless. I also don't (laughs) love
3: the reading that like you guys have already talked about Thora Birch and Mina Savari and how they like differ in their makeup and all this sort of stuff and how they're presented. But I don't love the reading of her as like an ugly duckling that the, the movie's doing like he films things that aren't normally beautiful but he sees beauty in them like Thora Birch, you know. That really butt ugly girl we have in this movie. It's like she's not. She's a very nice looking girl. You know, I don't but understand what this like. She never would have received attention. I guess. I guess.
0: I, mean, I guess that's how she. But this like she might relate to it in that way. She's this, like, oh, and like then go back to Wes Bentley's character. He's he is creepy, and it does. It's not what you would do normally. You're not going to film your neighbor, but there's obviously no <laughs> malicious intent. Speak for yourself. Okay. we are neighbours
1: we, <laughs>
0: we obviously go oh that's creepy but then you realise that he's just processing trauma I guess mm-hmm. and figuring out his own life and there's no there's no danger to him he's not going to hurt her and you sort of go, oh, but maybe we shouldn't have judged, and maybe that's the point of the movie. I don't know. So you you go to
2: pick up your daughter from school, Frank. I'm, I'm not saying if you I had a daughter, and I'd on. be happy. Okay, and you sorry. you see yeah. the kid that's filming the dead seagull on the ground, yeah. <laughs> and then he takes your daughter home, and you feel comfortable with that. If he sells <laughs> me
3: weed, hundred yeah. yeah. <laughs> percent. <laughs> is he in my the, house? The good shit. Yeah. What yeah. I'm saying is, shit. like,
2: on the outside, externally, it's what. But he's that's doing what I just said. Okay. Of yeah. course, it's not okay. But that's
0: what the point is. It's like he's actually not dangerous. If you get to know, if you really like. That's it. You know, of course we're going to judge him. Don't film The Dead Bird, man. Don't do it. It's gross and creepy. But he's not a bad person.
2: No. No, no, no. Uh,
0: Speaking of bad people, Sam Mendes, this is his first film.
2: It's true. It's the debut. It's a bad segue. It's a bad segue. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. I think it's quality over quantity with him, isn't it? Like, what else has he done?
0: Uh, he's got fourteen director
3: credits. I can, I can tell you them. I think he's like. done some oh, pretty you wanna, good work. You oh, nineteen seventeen. He we've did. We've got nineteen. Right. We've got American Beauty. We've got Road to Perdition. Great. We've got Jarhead. Great. We've got Away We Go. Did I skip one? Ah, uh, you did. Oh, you're going in order. You're yeah. In order. What did I skip? <laughs> Revolutionary <laughs> Road. Revolutionary Road. Away <laughs> We Go. Uh, Skyfall, Skyfall. Spectre. Nineteen Seventeen and Empire of Light. Yeah. Great. So
2: it's definitely quality over quantity. He did, he did the Louis Vuitton
0: ad. Oh, I forgot about that, course. sorry. Where will your journey take you? Which is really important to know. That's, that was some of his best work.
2: That's all that was missing in the Leicester household was live, Louis laugh, love. Louis oh. Vuitton. Live, oh. Wall. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just and just on some the wall. And some Louis <laughs> <wall>. <laughs> A little
1: bit early. A little bit yeah. early for the cultural <laughs> impact that that has had. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing
3: to think that this is his first feature film. Yeah, it's a very a it's a very confident film. So confident. It's very. He knows what he wants to say. Again, I don't know if I always think that the visual presentation is not. It's in line, but it's almost in line to a fault. Like yeah, this, it's a bit too. Yeah, it's heavy handed. I'm gonna do symbolism and sim like imagery in every every single shot. It's yes, like, okay, chill out, man. I think so, um, but I also am. You know, I I think what Marcus said earlier is probably one of the best uh, criticisms I've heard, or or like ideas behind this, which is that the neighbors, the the Fitz household, do have something going on that is maybe more intriguing Mm. than what's going on Mm. in the uh, the Burnham household. Uh, I think there's some quiet moments in this movie that are heartbreaking. I think Kevin Spacey's performance is at its best in its quiet moments. I know it's known best for when he throws the asparagus and when he yells and all this but I really enjoy the moment where he's talking to Ricky and he's when talk- he's like, no, I'm sorry
0: to cut you off. The, my yeah. favorite bit is when he's out the back of that function, smoking weed with Ricky <laughs> yeah. and his wife comes out and he's like, this is Ricky yeah. Fitz.
3: And he just down. starts
0: laughing.
1: It's <laughs> good, right. good stone acting. I like sorry, when he goes please. to buy
3: weed off Ricky and says, man, I can't believe you have all this money. When I was you know, a teenager, I like, flipped burgers all summer just so I could afford an eight track. And Ricky's like, oh, that sucks. He's like, no, actually, it was great. I spent the whole time partying and getting laid. Had my whole life ahead of me. And he's just doing that, like, look off in the distance sort of thing. I think that's mm. really great. Even just at the end when he has the conversation with Angela and he says, how is how is my daughter? I don't know how Jane is. And she goes, well, she's in love. And he's like, good for her. Like, he, mm. he, in those moments, he's very, very locked in. And I, I, I was always shocked at um,
2: Carolyn's decision to, the gun for some reason and then yeah. go home. I've never quite understood like, that scene. It
0: feels
3: like a lot. I feel it's like a jump. It's, it's you, a bit of a jump.
0: Yeah, and it's almost there just so it's a misdirect. Spoiler alert, she doesn't kill him. It's almost like, like it's there's the a neighbor. scene
1: missing. <laughs> We have her at the gun range. She's introduced to the guns. Yes. And the power. You that
0: don't see the... her fall in love with it. You just see her doing it.
1: Yeah, like it brings her a sense of control and power. But maybe that's But then it. we jump to.
2: Maybe that's her trying to take the control back because Lester's won.
1: It She's is, been but there's out. just something missing. Yeah,
3: the yeah I agree. And
1: one
0: I've, more action from Lester that she goes, nah, that's enough. Or like some some scene between them where she goes, I'm going to kill you. All of a sudden,
2: sudden she's now hugging his clothes and and crying into them, like sobbing into them yeah. after mm. discovering he's dead. Yeah, I don't buy that.
0: I What? No, I don't. You've been married for that long. I don't think like or, there's a lot of trauma coming know. into or it. Imagine it. seeing your husband of however many years, b- head exploded in the kitchen. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna have a weird reaction.
3: Mate, okay. And Look, you know what uh, you know what, I'll throw in the pal on that. I d I don't know. Oh, I, haven't you, blah, blah, blah. In, uh, I haven't been in that specific situation, so I don't know what the reaction would be. But it does it's not an effective emotional. Yeah, I don't me. think logic comes into like
0: I love the way she falls in the closet and she's just like draping herself on all of his It's clothes. A great performance. It's like it's irrational in the right way. Yeah. I think, that was my it's opinion. It's the it.
3: behest version of that, definitely. <laughs> Shit. I'm going to stop, I'm gonna stop <laughs> doing it. Um, I agree with Chris and it brings me to the idea that like the whole hook of the movie, which I'd forgotten, I'd completely forgotten that it opens with the home footage of oh yeah, her saying, yeah, he's like, do you want me to kill him for you? Mm. And she means, yeah, da- would you? And so The like daughter. With, with Jane saying to Ricky who's filming, kill my dad for me. And it's like, oh, okay. And then Lester going, in a year I'll be dead. And then- the movie becomes that sort of... The journey to his it's, death. It's a very just topical because I watched this recently and it's obviously you know been talked about a lot last year, but it's a very White Lotus thing of like someone's going to die and now let's get into this story that doesn't seem to... Involve murder, so how's that going to come up? Yep. and mm. I don't know that the movie needs it. Like, I think the movie—I almost think American Beauty is a better film if you get rid of that opening and get rid of the bit in Lester's diet, like voiceover where he says, "In a year, I'll be dead." Because then his death at the end, I'm a little more astounded by I, without needing according- that lead-in. Yeah, I agree. 100%.
0: Now, I don't think I would have agreed in 1999. Sure. Because I, when would you have seen that before? I don't like the scene of it opening with the daughter because I feel like it should open with Lester because
3: it's his film. I remembered it opening with his voiceover. And so once her scene came in, I was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, I but then it happens. So you go, oh, that's why because we want to think that maybe it's maybe it's Ricky or maybe it's the daughter. Sure. And then at the end of the movie, oh, maybe it's the wife. But then there's like, almost you know, so no options. suspense because you go like, right, well, it's not Ricky and the daughter, right? And obviously Angela didn't do it. So it's between Carolyn and... Who else, right? You know, so it's. I think it's a really weird toss-up of who could it be, and you go, not many not people many options, actually. Yeah. I think it's not the, like it could be any of them.
2: The cinematography in the film all of a sudden steps up to. I think at the um, back third of the film, okay. all of a sudden it's like when it, when it's dark and raining and everything's happening all at once, mm. you see some of the best shots in the film easily.
3: Chris the, Cooper with the garage door. The garage opening. door. I agree, that's you a great see shot. The, the yeah.
2: red front door in the rain and the slow mo raindrops as she's looking out the window and then lowering. You know, um, and my favourite shot in the film, of course, when Spacey's been shot, and it's him laying in his pool of blood on the kitchen bench, and it's just such a good shot. Just, just dead the face. Use of like, like, but it's the it's
1: the lighting, it's the colour. Yeah, it's so so I I thought yeah. I knew how this film ended.
3: Having, oh, okay. having
1: think think I'd seen bits of it. Sure. I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's a scene at the end. Spacey gets shot. The dad from next door then shoots himself as the camera is panning to the left, and the film ended. I'm like, wait, where was that? Where was that? Where was that shot? No, I feel like I've seen that. And it took me ten minutes to what figure out where that's from. It's from the Sixth Sense. <laughs> <laughs> My brain not, had meshed not, two oh, films you mean together. The, the, Guy at the start at the of the sixth, Sense. The sixth which
3: came out the same year as this movie, well, there you and go. was competing with it at the box office. I haven't the seen the sixth sense. You've never seen the sixth sense. I've never seen it. We should talk about the sixth sense.
2: Well,
0: I've not seen it, so I can't.
3: Well, that brings me to just because it's also ninety nine, and I don't think about- we've really gotten into oh, this for a while, but the budget. Budget Office was fifteen million. Made three hundred and seventy something like that. Like wow. it's three hundred and fifty six. Three hundred fifty six million. So it was so a big movie. Money. It was like the ninth highest grossing film of that year. Obviously, at the top was like The Matrix, and then you got like The Sixth Sense. And We've done a, a few ninety nines. We have done a couple oh, of ninety nines. No, that's what I said before. Probably be our favorite with yeah. The Mummy. The Mummy was number seven. I think. Not my Mummy.
2: This and Silence of the Lambs were the only two that won Best Picture in the nineties. That wasn't that period piece. Period pieces. Yeah, that's yeah. a really
3: yeah. interesting point that I'm going to take your word on because I'm trying to think of all lo- the other '90s films. I've read that might have to find, Titanic check was one. Yeah, that's a period piece. Yeah,
0: 1914. <laughs> period. Um, can I do a Shakespeare in Love? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I wrote a note because you English know, patient. You know John Cho's in American Beauty.
3: Yeah, he's one of the guys. Um, the singing guys? No, the like um, howard. He, play, Kumar.
1: he plays Sulu in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but there we, we also ha- we also have Scott Bakula as one of the oh one of the, the gyms too. next door. Well done. Captain I Archer. was trying to remember
3: his name, Scott Bakula. He's great. Um, yes. Now, where is he? Sorry, in he, the film, he
0: he comes to look at the house that. Bennings showing him and just a, ah, a girl, ah, like a ah, silent really? couple. That's and true. my, I didn't love to notice. do it, but I was like, I wrote a note and I, uh, <laughs> oh, <here we> go. <laughs> I was meant to say small cameo. I wrote small camel from John Cho. <laughs> <laughs> he does indeed. I have didn't, a small s- camel. I don't remember seeing the camel, but you know, maybe
3: um, going back to this is like a bookend now, but Marcus did mention that this won five Oscars. So we got best picture, best director for Mendes, best screenplay for Alan Ball, best cinematography. For uh, Conrad L. Hall and Best Actor for Kevin Spacey, cool. so we got our five Oscars. No I, Best Supporting. No Best Supporting. Interesting. Was, it, and Netbetting was, was nominated for Actress Best, in actress, And then I oh. think it was nominated for like Editing and Editing by Tariq and and Score. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas Newman. Newman. So we like we spoke about, yeah. I
2: wonder who won Best Actress that year. Uh,
3: oh Jesus, give me a sec. Uh... I'll find it. Yeah, Holy we shit. We can't sit here and oh, hum the whole time. Can you tell so. me anything about it, Frank? That's not going to happen. Ra-
0: her name rhymes with Tillery Bank. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: boys don't cry, right? Boys don't cry. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, Meryl <laughs> Streep,
0: Julianne Moore, Jeanette McTeer, and Annette Bening, and then Hilary Swank. Wow. That's sure. the five. That's a, wow, wow, wow. That's a, it's an interesting five.
3: Um, wow. Field. wow, wow, wow. Um, It was a, yeah, very, very successful movie. Like still not the most obviously, but if you looked over the last 25 years of best best picture winners, that is one of the higher grossing best picture winners of the last. Like it was a popular film. Mm. It was a word of mouth Mm. and sort of just like circular sensation. Mm. Obviously for having Kevin Spacey who'd already won an Oscar at this point. Obviously for having, you know, uh, it being a DreamWorks picture. But it was was a remarkable and a film that has been parodied so many times and now probably in the last 10 years dropped out of the, social or collective consciousness. Like mm. I think if you were alive and at all paying attention to movies or pop culture between 95 and 2010, you got American beauty references. You saw scenes where someone like went to take their top off and something flew out of their top, whether yeah. it was in a family guy. I think it's chicken wings, right? Um, oh, my God. Ah. Oh. I almost wrote a note today and I got too busy and I remembered what my note is right now. I'm sorry, I just remembered my note. Go on. You remember? My, you ready? You ready? Set. Go. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that Chris Cooper thinking that his son is gay is an Austin Powers bit? And when I say that, I mean in the Austin Powers movies, whenever Austin is like behind a sheet or something, and they see something that they don't think they're... Like, he pulls uh, out a banana and they think yep. it's his dick, or like it's like Mini-Me pulling things out of his butt. But oh, not yeah. really. And so in this movie, it's like Kevin Spacey reclining on a chair, Yeah. Wes Bentley leaning down at his dad like, he's sucking his dick. And it's like, that's <laughs> dumb. That's the weirdest I, plot point in the movie.
2: Only wasn't this recent rewatch did I think that exact thing. It's I kinda such went, a weird uh, scene. Because you could just have it... Of all the positions and angles he could be standing and, at for this to occur.
3: Yes. And Kevin Spacey's literally leaning back and going like,
2: oh, "And oh, then, oh, this yeah. chair's comfy. And it's like no one's but ever see, reclined in a chair no, like that No, that's it. Ever. But then you see the close-up too uh, in me? the house. Uh, okay. right <laughs> <Yes. that> was- <laughs> you see the close-up in the house where he is rolling the joint for him and Spacey's in the um, yeah. What what sort of chair? Is that the egg chair? Yeah, egg the chair. egg chair. And no no, they're, they're strangely <laughs> close together, like positioned. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of unnaturally
0: sense. Unnaturally close for it to be. And Spacey's got his shirt off because he's just done a workout. And he finds the yeah. footage of him
3: filming him shirtless anyway. And it's like, and that's he watches it enough by itself. He, he watches that bit. Too. You could
0: just see them yeah. go to the room to buy weed, blow jobs, and then find the footage. That'd be enough. Absolutely. The
1: scene mm. before that is odd. It's, uh, no, the, the neighbours are giving the son a lift to school that day and yeah. Spacey's out the front of the house and he gives him the the hand, oh, telephone yeah. like thing. And the dad sees that and that prompts him to go and look at the videos. But then we then have Spacey working out later in the day, pulls out his weed and, oh, I'm I'm out of weed. You already knew you, you were out of weed. That's Why? true. Chronology's weird there. But it's like we need to have this mm. scene to get the dad thinking about it earlier. We need something. All it would have needed is just like, a hand around the shoulder or on the shoulder. Just something small yeah. to kick a it off. A physical gesture. Rather than the, the old, old phone. Uh,
2: the, the football club room. thumb tap or something. Something. It
1: felt yeah.
3: like a lot of <laughs> test audiences would have watched this and been like, so I don't get it. Did he think he was gay? And it's like, yes, but we'll put some more scenes in there so <laughs> yeah. you know that's what he <laughs> but does. But I don't
2: get it because then he tries to kiss him. Yeah. So the dad's gay? Chris, Chris <laughs> also, Cooper. Is he gay with his I, son? What, what's going on?
0: It's funny how um, male body standards have changed. Like Kevin Spacey at the start does the push the belly out shot. Oh, he's fat. And he's yeah. like- but then <laughs> and you then- see him doing the workout and it's like he looks pretty good. That's right. yeah. But then he doesn't look any better by the end. He's, I think, no, I was like, "No different." Where's the HGH? Where's di- the rock to come in and help you train? They do <laughs> a good
3: job of not showing his arms until he does that bit near the end, where he fl- and you're like, "Oh, he's got big arms." They're as big as yours, Tom. Thanks, man. Have yeah,
2: I even noticed that. that his profile shot though—it's really like his shoulders are so far forward to make it look like.
3: Yeah, it's a really. I strange mean, we shouldn't body shame. Well,
0: no, no, no. Kevin Spacey doesn't deserve our respect, I don't think but we need to worry about that. He's um, no Chris Hemsworth. We'll yeah. say that.
2: That's
3: true. It's,
2: it's his confidence that's building guys. Oh, is that what it body. is? Oh,
3: yeah. Right. I, I want to say one more thing about Chris Cooper because I think- He's very good. He nearly didn't, He nearly didn't take this role. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Okay, that's it. Thanks. Okay. Jesus, nice. why don't you just shoot me in the face? I will. But no, I think. Like back, of head, back, back of the back head. Back of the head. Like, keep it Thematically <laughs> appropriate. First, I'll kiss <laughs> you, and
3: then I'll shoot you in the back of the head. You've done both of those things. Agreed. Different I, kind of shoot, though. Different. What? Kind <gasps> of. Whoa. I'll cut that. Oh, seminal. No so, gosh. I think that. Seminal. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Chris Cooper does a really uh, heartbreaking job in this movie. I think there's two scenes between him and Wes that are really effective. One is when he's beating him and he keeps telling Wes Bentley, Ricky, it's you, very know, you need to respect this and you need to respect this. And it's actually Wes's line that gets me where he's like, yes, dad, I know I need discipline. Don't give up on me. And um, he knows that's going to get him. And you see Chris Cooper like, really taken aback by that like that's the thing you could say and he knows how line. to manipulate his dad into stop hitting him basically yep and then when he finally starts telling his dad like yeah i suck dick for money i do all this and he can't even hit him anymore he just yells at him to get out and he's like weeping while holding his fists you him. almost it's-
2: see chris cooper in this in that scene in particular you're just like i don't i couldn't i didn't believe this actor or this character could hit that range of emotion sure. until that moment
3: yes yeah, and it, it doesn't, so it doesn't look like it. it doesn't yeah, look yeah, all that it the goes. more powerful when it happens, right? I think that's true. I think it's a really a, a again, like we've said, in '99 was somewhat, uh, if not revolutionary, quite, quite you know, you road. Or, revolutionary road. Revolutionary right? road <laughs> was quite uh, at, you know forward in in its use or exploration of these topics, and now obviously doesn't feel that way. But even today, I'm like, even if this scene feels a little played out, like we've had these scenes with homophobic parents before, and it's a little one note. It's very beautifully acted and it's very painful. Yeah, incredible cast. But I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. I think that's my biggest wow. takeaway. After watching it today, I'm like, I could I could have I could have gone the rest of my life without watching it again. And today I'm definitely okay. like, yeah, I don't think I need to watch it. Fair again. enough. But I don't think it's an offensive, awful movie. I said to Catholic, like, I don't think this movie has its moral heart or or in the wrong place. It may portray things that are questionable. But I'm glad that movies like this can exist, even if I disagree with them or don't like them. Yeah. I'm glad they we get to make movies like this, and we can go well. What are the merits here? You know, rather than just going, this shouldn't exist.
2: Back on what you asked earlier, Frank, uh, Chris Cooper is my MVP.
3: He's great. Yep, great. I, I can think that's that. a noble choice.
1: Yep, but I mean, the film is a commentary on America as a superpower, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Um, Post World War II, America has it's It's still a young country. It's only 300 years old. It stopped it stopped having fun. It stopped doing whatever the fuck it wanted to do. Mm. It's taken over from Britain as the dominant power in the world. And that's Spacey. He's stuck. The he, People are telling him what to do. Oh, yeah, just got to do this. Just get on with it. And then he figures, no, fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want now. Mm. Remind yourself to have fun. You get the end of the film. He has the the focus of all his wanton desire at his mercy on the couch, and he still chooses to do the right thing. I think it's it's that is like a beautiful a, scene, by the way. A nice I
3: twist. I was like, thank God. And within his moral framework, what is the right thing? Yeah, I agree. So, Obviously. still
1: have fun, but you still have morals to do the right sure. thing. You're not an anarchist. You still have. Your senses is it. I
3: think it's interesting you bring it into the framework of American history as well because this is a notably pre-9-11 movie and then it Ooh. becomes like mm. two years later whatever America was reflecting on in this moment of the way it had been like, wow, isn't suburbia corrupt and consumerism Consumerism is an issue and have we reached the end of history and then 9-11 is kind of a moment of like, you know, the rest of the world is out there and you don't Get to just keep pretending it's not and maybe there are some things in your media that are becoming a little solipsistic and self-indulgent and I think that, I don't know, I don't know what this movie is doing in that history. It's a really questionable or interesting way of looking at what happens to this movie once you consider how the global – Economic or, or situation changed because of 9 11. But I agree with you totally that it is a movie about a guy in America in 1999 going, What the fuck is my life anymore because of where we are? So mm-hmm. it's interesting.
2: So, on that, has anyone changed their score?
3: 6.2. I'm sticking with it. Right. Yeah. Honestly, it's it been so long. What did I even
0: say? <laughs> Can someone help me out? <laughs> well, I'm a 10. I'm a 10. 10. I was just, was I? Oh, we'll no, go back uh, and let's no. do it. Yeah. I haven't changed my score. Well, how do you feel now? I, feel, I still feel good. Yeah.
1: I still feel great. I feel, I feel
0: as good as Kevin Spacey working in the burger shop. Ah, just love nice. and life. Good nice. reference. Yeah,
1: feel great. Feel great. Yeah, that was his line to the young lass at the end? Yeah, feel great.
0: Feel great. Do we have any throw in the pals or shall we play the track? And Tom, and Tom will go. Ah. Recline on that couch. Oh. Yeah. He loves Can the egg Can you <laughs> While I lean
1: back <laughs> Please Chris uh, I'm new at this so I hope my dad's not Looking in the window
3: Right now <laughs> 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 I get the wrong idea uh, Let's leave it on that note <laughs> I thought like that'd be The right idea about you Tom But that's yeah. cool. okay Well this has been uh, Fun Through <laughs> the <laughs>
0: Throwin' the Power has been a Hay Power Productions production, and um, as Tom said, this has been fun. I produced it
2: with Tom. And just the help of us, of okay. the other guys, yeah. Marcus.
1: Little dibby dibby dabs here there from and there. Too many name. Not time. This
3: was American Beauty. <laughs> it was a fun time, I'd say American Quoody Throw in the power! <laughs>